grace and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text this morning is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 7. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. Dear fellow redeemed in Christ, Hearing this lesson from St. Mark's Gospel is a reminder that things are much simpler than we make them out to be. What do I mean by that? We have here a situation in which some people bring this man, perhaps a relative or a friend, to Jesus, and they want him to put his hand on him, that is, to heal him. Why? Why do they want this man healed? Does he need healing? Is there something wrong with him? How do they know? Well, there is something wrong with the man. His ears don't work and his mouth doesn't work. He cannot hear. He cannot speak. The people who know the man recognized that there was something wrong. Something was not right, not the way it should be. The man needed help. It was not a difficult diagnosis. It is rather basic. When our bodies don't work as they should, as they were created to work, we recognize that something needs to be fixed. Or at least we try to get our bodies working well again. And it should be that simple. But we don't think that way anymore. Or rather, there are many around us today who do not think that things are that simple. In fact, there seems to be a decided effort to make things as complicated as possible, to ignore the simple, the basic, the truths that have stood for millennia and presume that somehow we now have a greater knowledge, a greater insight into all things human, so that what was simple is now very convoluted. Well, what does that mean? Well, consider this man taken to Jesus for help. Had these people communicated with the man prior to bringing him to Jesus and find out from him if he was content with his muteness and his deafness? Were they, the speaking people and the hearing people, imposing on this poor man their own idea of what it should mean to be a human? Should they not simply have accepted his lack of hearing and his lack of speaking as normal for him and not try to make him like themselves? Weren't they being presumptuous? And what about Jesus himself? 
He doesn't seem to wonder about whether or not the deaf man and mute man might possibly be better off staying the way he is with mouth and ears that don't work like those of most other people. And so Jesus takes away the uniqueness of this man, the things that make him different, and then just lumps him in with all the rest of us so that the man can speak and hear normally. Who are these people who decided what should be normal, what is healthy, what is best? Now, you might think that these questions are rather far-fetched and that people could never be so out of touch with reality that they might prefer to remain deaf and mute, to which all I can say is welcome to our day here in the 21st century. We have invented all sorts of reasons for rejecting reality, truth, even human nature as it has been since God created man and woman, Adam and Eve. What used to be considered abnormal and in need of care, compassion, and healing, these are now considered to be mere self-expressions to which people are entitled and which you must affirm. If you dare challenge these modern innovations of humanity, then you are the one at fault for not allowing such self-expression and for daring to think that they need help, maybe even forgiveness, for how they've chosen to live. Here's an assertion of a contemporary false teacher. We affirm that the glorious variety of gender and sexual expression is a reflection of God's original creation design and our aspects of human flourishing. We deny that such variations are a result of the fall or are a tragedy to be overcome. These variations, this glorious variety, are supposedly part of God's design, despite there being no biblical support for such an errant assertion. We complicate what God teaches and reveals. It is simple. We are humans in whom the fall into sin causes our bodies, our minds, to need help. And finally, resurrection. That is why the people had brought that mute and deaf man to Jesus. He needed help, and Jesus is the help. The truth of the Son of God being one of us, a human, was on display there. Jesus puts his fingers in the man's ears. Jesus spits and touches the tongue of that unspeaking man, and then Jesus sighs. Jesus, the Son of God, in our human flesh and blood, then speaks that one word, Ephatha, be opened. What does that word of Jesus, the Son of God, accomplish? Well, exactly what Jesus intended. Healing, miraculous healing, simply by that word of Jesus, giving the man whose body was broken what he needed. But there was first that recognition by both the people who brought the man and by Jesus himself that he actually needed help. And there was the belief that Jesus would give it. Jesus was there that day by the Sea of Galilee because he took on our human flesh, becoming one of us to redeem us, to do what we cannot, to undo the effects of sin throughout our bodies, throughout our minds. It is terribly cruel to point people away from their sin by telling them it isn't sin. It is terribly cruel 
to think that love means letting people remain in a status that by its very nature is a denial of God's very intentional creation of man and woman. We must learn to say no to all of that. To say that no with conviction, but without hatred. To say that no with the goal of bringing people to Jesus that he might speak that word of peace, that word of healing, that word of forgiveness. And that's why people need to hear that no of God's law. Otherwise, they will remain mute and deaf and finally blind to the ways of God and his salvation for them. And we certainly cannot claim to need this kindness and healing of Jesus any less than others. And we don't make that claim. And in fact, we deliberately and regularly confess our sinful condition, our sinful bodies, our bent out of shape minds and thoughts. We believe the text we heard uh, in the last week or two here from 1 John. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We believe, teach, and confess Jesus, our Savior from sin, who heals our diseases, who brings us life and salvation. We neither want to make up sins that are not sins, nor do we want to say that we have not sinned and deceive ourselves. We pray for God to open our ears and hearts and minds to his word, that we gladly hear that word, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest it, that powerful word of Jesus still works today, even among us, even today. Lord, open our ears that we may hear your word of forgiveness for all our sin and our mouths that they shall show forth your praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.